It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick, he's dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound, Recognize the score! Here comes Shovel Day, he'll be thrown out of the game! Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it! Head to head, and Joseph with three great rights! New Terjana Hall looking for 500, he shoots, he scores! Brad Hall, number 500! Tarasenko, in the clear, he scores! And now, here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. All right, uh, Jamie Rivers here. Jamie's Jim, you sound different. <laughs> Jim Cromer called in, uh, well, we'll say sick. Yeah, you know, terrible. what a what a gutless move, exactly. huh? Exactly. We finally get... Like something to talk about. Not that it's positive news, but we finally get a little bit of buzz in here. Yeah. And fucking Cromer calls in with the dog ate my homework yeah. shit. How, 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 now, that's like going to the fucking playoff game and fucking you don't show up to it. That's, that's, yeah. that's about terrible. So I forgot to set my alarm. <laughs> like what a fucking joke. God you know, terrible. this guy here, he's been battling for ice time here with <laughs> us for a while. And all we needed was a reason, right? Like now he doesn't understand. Like now next next episode... Like he's a healthy scratch. Yeah, and we I, don't need that shit creeping into our game here. And all of our followers, I'd start sending some stuff in here because we're we're going to take applications now. It's on the board now. Absolutely, and hit up Cromer on Twitter right now because we know he's sitting at home, probably trying to watch the View or one of those things right now. Or Judge Mathis. I know he's sitting at home. Let's see here. Let's make sure we got the right thing here. Maybe get him some followers at the same time yeah. since nobody seems to give a shit. I, I just hope he doesn't have a camera on him because who knows what the hell that would look like right now. Oh, my God. Ugh. Right? How gross is that? <laughs> so, yeah, at J Cromer 4 sitting at home right now, staring at his laptop, doing nothing, yeah. as usual. Well, well Kimby well, and I are in here grinding it coming out. Coming here with uh, temperatures, fevers running. Me and you are just going to put their <laughs> nose to the grindstone and go after it. Yeah, some things never change, eh, Kimby? Exactly, exactly. Well, actually, some things do change. Yeah, they did. And uh, holy shit. Um, we're sitting in here today as we speak right now, 10 a.m. Uh, the Blues are having their press conference to announce that Craig Berube is going to take over as interim head coach. And last night, after a tough loss to the LA Kings, Doug Armstrong went down. Of course, he finished watching Monday Night Football first because <laughs> he had money on the game. <laughs> but then, following that, announces that they'd fired Mike Yo. Initial thoughts, big boy. Well, it- you know what? It's sad that because then Yo goes out and he's he's doing his press conferences after, which he's got to go through, and uh, you you'd hopefully get catch the guy before he goes into that process. But do you think they did it like? Do you think they did it on purpose to wait, or no, like would? Or yeah, would you? I'm, I'm pretty sure I, it depends probably how long it took for Mister Stillman probably to contact Mister Armstrong to see what. Well, it was can't going be through. that fucking hard. You wouldn't think they're both in the same building. But there's, yeah, but there's probably a conversation that went on. You'd have to. You think. don't think that conversation happened, happened weeks before? Should have happened. or days before? Yes, for sure. Off off the record, it has for sure. You yeah, know that. but I just wonder. Like, I guess in my opinion, 
I look at it and go, why would you let the guy go back out there one more time like yeah. that? When he doesn't have answers, you know he doesn't have answers. No. You know the players didn't win. You know yeah. you know the list of stuff that's been happening that are not positive, and you let him go out there for another press conference. Yeah. And I, th- I think that goes to show you that the cutthroat business that is, is sort of people – you know, it's one thing to, you know, social media goes on there and they would say, you know, can his ass do all this and that. But, the, you know, there's there's people that are involved in this process, not only him, his family, but that's what he signs up for. And, I, and, and he's, yeah, but and he's it a gets big out boy. of control. Kirk Nowadays yes. with this fucking Twitter yeah, and all this Facebook, I mean, I, I'm reading yeah. things from, you know, people who have screen names now, yo, must go or fire, yo. It's like, yeah. guys, I get it, okay, but. You have to understand something here. This guy is doing the best job he can. Do you think yep. he shows up every day at the rink wanting to not win a game? Do you think he shows up wanting to get fired? Yeah, and, and here's my thing with it, Riz, and I was thinking about this on the way in because I didn't – I went to bed early last night. We had a high school game, and I, I've just been running hours. Your, your hours, but I just don't got Red Bull in me, so <laughs> I, I can't keep up. But. <laughs> well, we saw what happened the last time. We put some in. <laughs> holy shit. So I, You're humping my dog – humping my leg like a neighbor's dog. <laughs> so I, I get uh, – I wake up this morning and I, and I, I saw the news. So, um, who you know, read it to you? I, I, well, my dog did. He was sitting there. Dog's being a dog. Right, so. yeah. He's a good dog. Yeah, though. he licks it and then away we go. Oh, Jesus. Um, but anyway, uh, so I read the news and, you know, and I, I'm thinking about it. I knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. And when the LA Kings, you're, you basically have a game for last place. And when that happens, you, you pretty well know what's good. The gauntlet's coming at some point here. So, you know, when you go through the process, though, um, the whole yo. Let's just talk about the whole yo scenario that's come in here, and I and I I, I feel after I th- you know because everyone can make a, an exact. We're going to make a decision right now, pronto about oh he was shit. He was just a, just think of what happened to the man though. He comes in here as associate coach, sort of with with uh, Hitchcock, coaching so, waiting. Yeah, coaching waiting, which was just a horseshit <laughs> move, a horseshit move, and. So, you know, and ever since that's come, he's gone through the process, and then when Hitch gets out of the way, he takes over. But it's, he's, sort of been, he's sort of been put a blindfold over his eyes to start the game. And I think it was a horseshit way. And, and you can go back probably on all our podcasts, and I believe we bring that up at that point. I thought it was terrible the way they handled that process. So I go through it, and then, you know, he gets uh, – last year they, they get into the playoffs when he takes over from Hitch, when Hitch ditches out, and then he goes a year and they don't get there. But – Let's let's look at the scenario that he's played under. There's some players that have been here for the whole tenure that he's here, and for part of Hitch's tenure when this thing's sort of been gone south on us a little bit. You know, these guys are going to be have to be held accountable at some point in time. Yeah. I believe, and not only them. I think the guy that went down to make the firing, I think he, you know, I think he's got to hold himself accountable to part of this process. Well, I think he does for sure. Yeah, and a couple reasons. One is Mike Yo, really, for half a season, he had to play a hand that he didn't yeah. deal himself, right? Correct. So that was Hitch's team, whether he's coaching waiting or not, Hitch's team. So then last year is really his only first real year. Well, guess what? It's still Hitch's team. A couple players, like maybe one or two, yep. like you don't really get the big difference on that one. Yep. And then this year, maybe it's his team. To a certain extent. Maybe, right? But you have 10 new faces in the lineup. So yep. how easy is that to get together? Yeah. So – I think that this has been a really tough road for Mike Yo. I think that I agree. Jesus, I think Scotty Bowman, yeah, who's the winningest coach of all time, I think he would have had a difficult time under these conditions. I agree with that. So, but now, like you just said, like this is a one of the greatest days yeah. for the players, and one of the worst days for the players. The greatest side of it being that somebody else ended up taking the fall for them. Which so, ha- which happens most of the which time. happens right. And the worst day, because now 
Nobody else can take the fall. Yeah. So now it's on the players, right? So they got their little get out of jail free card Again. with we fired Mike Yo. So the, the players, yeah. right? You guys, okay, well, it, it wasn't the players, it was the coach. Okay, now moving on to today. Now whose fault is it? You're not going to blame Craig Berube because no. he's being, once again, just like Mike Yo was, he's being handed a team that's not necessarily his group or not his stamp on it. Yeah. And so now everything funnels back to the players now. And, and, and when I look at it, and I was, when I was driving in here and I was uh, thinking about this, you got Steen, you got Petro, you got Allen, you got Bo Meester. Um, I don't know, but th- those are your mainstays here through this whole process. Tarasenko and Tarasenko, yeah, and Tarasenko. So he sits on the and on, you know. So again, a coach has walked out the door, um, but at some point, and and then to, and to include that little list, and I I include Armstrong into that list because they've all been here. Well, you have to. He's yeah. the guy who started the whole thing. Yeah. So there's your whole posse right now. So yeah. now. They, these are the guys that have to, and, and you know, Perron can go in there just a little bit because he gets off on a hiatus. He's here and there, and you know, it's a sort of a. But I'll just, but we'll leave yeah, it but he that. went off and had a hell of a year. Yeah, so it's not like he's been stuck here in the mud. Correct. And but there's got to be. I think the fans have to say. I, I think there's your starting point now. So uh, you know, if, if Chief's going to come in and be the coach here for an interim, whatever they're going to do here, I think these veterans, those guys that we just named. I think shit's on the line here for you guys. And, you know, it's, uh, oh, it I think, has to be. Yeah. And I think, because the young guys are still going to try to build their reputation. They're still working on their way up the ladder. The new guys, O'Reilly, you can't even, even say a bad word about them. And watching him put out last night again, you know, he's throwing everything on the line, Shen, everything on the line. So you got your, you have a leadership core here. I just don't understand. I, I can't, I, I've said from the start, though, Ribs, and I've said it earlier on, I don't like the makeup of the fucking hockey club. I just don't like it. I, th- I think they're missing something. I think there's, and we, we'll get into it either because you can talk, and I'm, I don't want to talk about it right now, but I'll, I'm going to mention his name, the Kachuk kid in Calgary. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Yeah, no, we're going to go there All eventually, right. but we're not right now. But so well, tell me what so, to do, Derek. So there's someone that's going <laughs> to, someone that's firing up your fucking lineup. There, there's the excitement level. and You need that. Where, yeah. where is that on this team? I, and I said that earlier in the season. Where is it? You, you know, know what? You're right. I, I, I don't say this very often, okay? <laughs> and I say it like it's simply under duress here. <laughs> But you were right. You know, I will say it. And, you know, I was one who advocated at the start of the season. I I, well, I don't know if I advocated or said that it could work. Either way, you know, slice and dice the tomato, however you want. Yep. I thought that four lines, the way they had it, could work. Mm-hmm. Now, I was using – the only thing I had to reference to was the Red Wings when I played there. And that obviously was a bit of a special team. Yeah. Um, minus Rivers being in the locker room. <laughs> uh, however, it hasn't worked – out the way I thought it could. And I guess the Blues are a team that aren't the fastest, okay? Which it's okay if you play fast, meaning you move the puck fast, if you have big bodies, you have but they're they're not the fastest, they're not the biggest, they're not physical. Nope. And I'm not trying to point out guys here, but like Sammy Blay has been here for what, ten or eleven games now? Mm-hmm. And he's their leading hitter. Exactly. And he's a skilled hockey player. Yep. Like he's not supposed to be like it's nice to add that to your game. But he's like he's like their goon. Yeah. Out there. And I don't mean goon, I mean like you, you know, don't have to, you exactly. don't have to, they're spark plug, yeah, right? They're spark plug. They've got guys who are bigger, stronger, tougher than Sammy Blay. But it's just not there. And I find right now and maybe it's a course of events here of they're not winning, things aren't going well, we have injuries, all the above, right? Maybe it's that. 
and I hate to say this because I like so many of those guys, but they just look easy to play against. Like, if I'm a defenseman on another team, I'm really not worried. Like, we talked before, like, with Tom Wilson, that whole thing. We won't revisit that, but how you take inventory of who's on the ice, right? Like, when you touch the ice, I always look around, who's the son of a bitch who's going to get me now, right? Or who do I got to worry about dangling me? I do that with 14-year-old kids. I tell them, you know, be aware of this guy on the ice. A hundred percent. You know? With the Blues right now, I don't know if I jump on the ice worried. No. Nope. Whether it's their first line or their fourth line. Now, of course, you want to know where Tarasenko is and O'Reilly, but not for the reasons that you'd think. Exactly. And I just think that it, it has to change. And maybe, and you know what, for people who are listening who don't have a clue we're talking about right now, Chief is his nickname. It's Craig Berube. Uh, Chief is nicknamed because he's of Native American heritage. My boy, Blue. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're on here and we call him Chief, you'll know that we're talking about the head coach here, the interim head coach now for the Blues. But maybe he's the guy that steps in and says, uh, okay, guys, look at There's a guy that just packed his bags last night who's your head coach, who who was a tough son of a bitch when he played. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that team to back him up. Now we have to be that team. And it doesn't mean, like, people always think, oh, we're advocating for, you know, stupidness. No. no. To play the game hard, like John Tortorella, obviously we know his quotes are, are awesome, and he talked about that fire, that anger, that hate for yep. the opponent. But he also talks about being hard to play against. And being hard to play against doesn't necessarily mean you fight every night. And you, you don't have the biggest bruisers, but you're fast. Meaning yep. every time somebody touches a puck, you're on them. And if you're not fast enough to get there, you're finishing them. So that the night is always long. You always expect trouble when you mm-hmm. play the Blues. It can't be like, oh, this is going to be a nice, you know, just coast through this one because I'll save my energy for the next game. It has to be, I hate to play the Blues. Yeah, and, and, you, and you know, when you even go back to your teams in Detroit and how special that team was, but it was puck control, it was it was speed going at it, but you also had your your, your Drapers and your Malpies that – where, you know, they, they, they were your excitement yeah. level to a certain extent. Well, they're always a good grit, right? We always yeah. had, like, Draper, Malpy, McCarty. Joey Koser was there before. Yeah. Then we had Chelios. Yeah. We had Yuri Fisher. And, and all those guys, Joey Koser was a, was, a, was a tough guy, but that's not what we're talking about. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm just talking about running around, creating excitement in the building because I watch it on I – I haven't been to a Blues game this year, but I watch it on TV, and I can look, and I, you can see where the excitement level is, and the fans are just – they're having. They don't know whether to shit or get off the pot right now, and I'm not blaming them. I'm no, just saying, what, what are you cheering for? You know, they're and, craving yeah, that they're, excitement, exactly. And it's hard, and, and it's got to be hard for Tom Stillman because you know he's looking down at this, going, "I've invested almost the maximum amount of money mm-hmm. allowed on this team. Yep, I'm a couple of dollars short of the salary cap, basically. Basically, and now I'm looking at this, and it's not working, and I have one, two, three, four. Five coaches, a goalie coach, a video coach. Like, we've got like – he's bare no expense here. No, for sure. I'll give the man yep. uh, a, a 100% credit for being fully invested in the team, yep. literally. And it ain't working. No. So he's got to look down at that and tell Army, or at least have the discussion together, this needs to change. Mm-hmm. Something has to give here. Yep. And, and, I, and, but, and then the, the curiosity thing is – and I don't know, uh, Chief, I, I, I played against him. I fought him, actually, a few times. Um, he was a tough competitor. He, he hung in this league over 1,000 games, which is amazing. Um, and he always showed up, and he did battle. So he did his job all the time. And I would think, you know, and I like I said, I, I, I don't know the man. I, I'm just going to go off of probably what I'm going to imagine. 
he'll expect a work ethic out of you. Probably a lot like what you would have expected out of you because I don't know that man either, but just from talking to you and how you, you grew up with him and everything. And so Chief's going to have to come with, because you had Hitchcock in here that was sort of a hard ass, and, you know, he'd call you out and, you know, basically call you Well, Hitch was never happy. No. Ever. And Joe was sort of a player's coach. And I think Berube, or Chief, whatever, he would be, uh, he'll be a player's coach also, but you're going to have to, he'll want you to respect the game, because that's what he had. He had to respect the game his whole life, because, you know, he fought for everybody. And, oh, yeah. You know, that was his job. So he's a team He's, he'll be a team person. I, I I can't see him going away from that because he's lived it his whole life. So if that's the case, then I think he's going to have to be a demanding person and demand an effort out of this crew. Well, this is a perfect timing for him yeah. in that regard because to step in and just be okay with things. and what He won't do that. It, no, it, but no. you can't, right? No, no. So the players right now, when they walk in the locker room today, go, okay, this has to change. It's mm-hmm. going to change. What are we going to get with this guy? Now the players all have phones and computers and they've all fucking YouTubed Craig Berube and they've seen his antics and they know that this guy was a fierce competitor. I'm not even talking about fighting because to fight like that on a nightly basis by a thousand games, Mm -hmm. that takes a special something. Okay. But he fought for every inch just to get on the ice and to be part of winning teams in Philly and Washington and things like that. So this is a perfect opportunity for chief to walk in and be like, okay, you know, go around the room. You've been bullshit. You've been soft. Mm-hmm. Yet, because guess what? The players are expecting it. They know that they haven't been good enough, and they know that now whoever comes in, they better shut the hell up and do as he says. Yeah. And so, but here's here's the I, I agree with you to exactly what you're saying. Here's the only sticking point in that conversation because uh, I I'm these fucking players nowadays. I, I and I've li- I've sat in that lo- and I don't say them players because I've sat in locker rooms that have done it. You either name a if you're bringing if an assistant coach is still in that process. Um, you know, and the interim tag interim, you know, so I know it's tricky. So Chief's going to come in, and to order to get full respect, the you know that but that fucking label sitting in front of you. I, I know how these people are going to think, and I've I've seen that again, especially on a losing team right now. It's it's not that easy. So but what you, has he got to lose, Kimby? No, I, I'm not agreeing. I'm, I'm I think agreeing this with is the last this. year of his deal. too, yeah. I think. He, I, I but not just the person that he is. I would think that he would be the way he played the game. I, I have a pretty good idea, and I think you do too, how he wants to come in here. How My question is, how do they pers- the players that are sitting there, this nowadays hockey where, you know, how the world works and it's all about me, 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 how do they take a, the interim label? Now, because uh, yeah. I, I have to believe if I'm a, if I'm a betting man and the way the real world would work back in the day, Mr. Armstrong, I have to think, has to come down and address the players, say, this is what's going on. Oh, he'll, that'll happen today. Chief's got to have the damn backing of the man if yeah. he's even going to enter into the, you know, to have any type of. So I don't like the interim yeah. gag, personally. I don't either. Like, why don't you just say he's the head coach? Yeah. And I guess, okay, so let me back up a little bit here because we're, we're, I'm drifting here. My ADD is kicking in today. <laughs> um, so to go back to your comments and questions about Craig Berube, the, the story I get, the word on the street about him as a coach is, one, he's very passionate. Two, he's very intense. Three, he's an incredible communicator. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those three things are exactly what the doctor ordered, right? Like I agree. He's got to be passionate. He's got to be intense. He's got to be committed, all those things. But the communicator thing, you know. You coach high school hockey and 14-year-old boys right now in this world, if you're not giving them information on what to do, they're not going to figure it out on their own. Correct. So I think that him being a communicator and, you know, hearing things from Sammy Blay and other guys who played for him in Chicago in the American League, 
They say that he's really a good players coach. He's demanding, but he at least tells you what he's expecting from you. Yeah. So I think that'll go a long way right now. I think that'll be good. And now, it, yeah. Sorry to keep going down this road here. Um, yes, this is a difficult situation for him because the interim. Mm-hmm. And but I don't see how Doug Armstrong can do anything else because here's the deal: the elephant, not even in the room, the elephant blocking the hallway yeah. is a guy named Joel Quenville. <laughs> he, he fucking drinking in Chicago right now. I like that. Fuck, I love. God, that, I eh? love that. I wanted to be on the other end taking a swig of that. I that wanted to find a... out what he was drinking. It looked like <laughs> a little whiskey. Oh, for sure it was. Hey, eh? probably he, I, probably Irish whiskey. Oh uh, yeah, and he, he got a little he didn't bit have the mustache c- there. He didn't have the cigar in his damn hand while he's rolling. Boy, too. Garrett, he loves the Cohibas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, you know, Coach Q, like, talk about endearing yourself to a mm-hmm. uh, hockey community, let alone Chicago fan base. But he's sitting there doing shot skis with these guys. <laughs> and I love the way, you know, it kind of went down a little hard. You boom, gives a boom. <laughs> you know, one of those. And then you see him licking his mustache after getting a little extra, eh, exactly. Coach Q? Exactly. But, um, but to, to, to take that now, to take Coach Q and, I guess, attach him to this storyline mm-hmm. is – you have Craig Berube, who is interim head coach. That's tough. Yep. Okay, because you have Coach Q. Now, we don't know, right? And you and I almost started talking about this before the show, and now we're going to get into detail on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach Q is our Hall of Famer. No, hands down, if you were saying, who do you want to coach your team, say Joel Quenville. Not, not a question. And you almost, not that the Blues did that here, but we I referenced a couple of shows ago how Montreal fired Michelle Terrian when Claude Julian became available. Mm-hmm. Like you, Mark Bergevin said, it's not often you have a chance to get a coach of that caliber. So if you have to get rid of somebody to bring that in, you do it. Yeah. So once again, I'm not suggesting the Blues did that here. However, if they had that thought in mind, there's a little bit of a dilemma here for the Blues. And the dilemma is that Joel Quenville almost... 100% of the time brings his own staff with him. He's very loyal to the guys that he's coached with or had worked with him before. And the reason he does it is because he trusts those guys and he knows that they have his back under every circumstance. Which is huge. Which is huge. And that's why the whole bullshit started in Chicago when Bowman fired Mike Kitchen from mm. under his nose. Yeah. Coach Q literally like got a phone call and found out from Mike Kitchen he was fired. He's like, what the hell's going on here, right? Correct. So now he's got Mike Kitchen. He's got Kevin Deneen, who we know. Those two guys. Is he still not, is he still not in Chicago? No, they fired him with oh, Q. He, he and they fired Q. Ulf Samuelson. So Bowman knows, okay? Yeah. He knew that if he kept any of those guys, they were going to be loyal to Coach Q For and sure. maybe wouldn't mix very well with the new little young guy they got in there, right? Exactly. So, But that goes back to my initial point here is Coach Q likes to bring his posse. It just as I would. Like, it just like, if we compare it to a bar fight, right? Yeah. Do you want to bring in some guy you don't know has your back? Or yeah. do you want to bring in guys that you know you've been to war with and they've got your back? Exactly. Right? Foxhole guys. For sure. And so that poses a problem yeah. right now because will Joel Quenville walk into the St. Louis Blues locker room with Craig Berube, Mike Van Ryan, uh, Steve Ott as the coaching staff? No. I, I, I tell you what, though, I, I, I think Kitchen's always traveled with them. I know Deneen was with them in Chicago for a, for a, for the period of time. Alf comes or Samuelson comes in at the end too, but I, I know Kitchen's coming with him because he's coming with them everywhere. Deneen and Samuelson were teammates of his in Hartford. Yeah, and that plays a big factor too. Yeah, you're right. Come on, but Chief, I'm just saying, Chief, 
knowing how Q, uh, the, the, he, he's old school hockey himself. So that's a guy that he'd probably have a hard time. You know, I'm just wondering. The problem I have with it, or that I think Quenville will have with it, is it's from another regime. For sure. And I, I understand what you're saying. If you're walking in, right, to a bar fight, yeah. do you want the guys who absolutely have your back that you know, mm-hmm. or the guy that you think might have your back? But, but you have to do that, because you just seen, you just look right now. Who, who's the fucking guy that walked out the door? Yo was. So you're if you're going to be well, the guy... Gotta, yeah. It's, it's the same with high school hockey when I ran. I said, I'm going to do it this way, because... I'm the one that's going to get the shit for it, and so Yo's got the shit for it. So if you're going to at least, if they're going to, if the team wants you, and the uh, yeah, I would play by my rules because that's when the only you're going to get a chance to play by your rules well, for a little bit. The second winningest coach of all for time. Sure. So guess what? And he he's gets got to rings. Do? He's got rings. So. He's got fucking rings to burn. Yeah. Right, four Stanley Cup rings. Three so as a head coach, one as an assistant. Yeah, he has the ability to walk in and call his shot for sure. So now will that mix well knowing what we know how Doug Armstrong likes to run a tight ship um that he's very involved in player personnel uh lineups, you know, he mm-hmm. has been open about speaking about how he likes to look at some guys to be on a line together which not all GMs participate in talking yeah. about who they like on lines. What what do you see? Let's just play fantasy land here a little bit. Coach Q's behind the bench, and Doug Armstrong's the GM. How do you see that marriage working out? Well, but haven't they? Did, did they not take a step in, in Team Canada direction? Weren't they together there at one point in time? Yeah, but that's not the same. I, but They're I'm, given an all-star no, team. But yeah, no. I, what I'm saying is, though, I'm just talking as a yeah, in the NHL, the elites sort of travel together. They 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 even if the elites get their own, they get their own backs up there. You you know that, and yeah, I know yeah. that. So once you get accustomed to that, you sort of stick up for one another. So. Um, I would assume Q, Q, he, he, all the cards are in Q's hands right now. So if Army says you're going to come in here, but this is how I'm going to, well, he's, Q don't have to do that. And No, but that's the problem, right? Yeah. So then, so how much pushback will there be from both sides? Well, and this is why I question Q as an option. Yeah. No, and I, I, that's totally agreeable. But I think the guy that's forking over the money, you know, Mr. Stillman, who's involved, uh, to you know, you see him there all the time. It's not like this guy's out in... Uh, planet Pluto. No, no, he knows you know, what's going on. He so, holds back in order to keep the proper sure. pecking order there. So, but you know, and and he's he's a successful businessman and what he's done in his life, and you don't become a successful businessman if there's if there's tension be brewing between two organ. You need the whole thing to run smoothly, is what you do. You but can't you have a team. Guy. Yes. So, even if that I'm before just because Q's out there, I think that's got to run through Stillman's mind. He knows how he knows what Army's all about because he's yeah. had him for a long period of time. How is Army gonna inf- infiltrate with the new coach that's coming in the process? So it's it's all got to blend. But for here's them, another one for you. Let's really fucking mind fuck you here a little bit. What if Army says, "I don't think it's gonna work," Tom, and Tom says, "I don't care what you think. I want Coach Q." Mm-hmm. Now, what does the relationship look like? Well, but but Army's got a, he's got a fucking repertoire that he can run with too. That you know, no, but no, no. Stillman says. I want Q, I, and I'm going to sign him. Yeah, and that's that. But if that's and but, you two are going to play nice, whether you like it or not. But but that's when I'm just saying Armstrong, he's valued through the National Hockey League. He's been on these Team Canadas, and that is a thing. So it's not like he's not going to have a job for long in the in the process. He'll well, find another job. I'm not saying to job. fire him. No, I'm just saying if you're not happy with the circumstance that any any business in the world, if you're not happy he's got with four it, more years. you can always walk out the door. But he's know? got four years. Yeah. Well that then he's got to suck it up. Then maybe he has to change. Maybe that is the part of the problem. Maybe. Is Army that willing to change? Well, that's exactly what I'm asking. Yeah. You. Like what do you like I, I've called for that 
at the start of the show, we talked about we talked about Army. You know, he's part of the problem here too because he's he's orchestrated most of these players. You know, he's been through the whole yeah. He's he's the whole core of this team. He's the one who brought into it. He did. So coaches have come and gone. Something's got to lay in his lap here. What I think would be interesting to see is Doug Armstrong right now holds the title of President of Hockey Operations as well as General Manager. Not often do you see that because usually there's a pecking order, right? I've used that word a couple of times. I'm yep. fucking brain dead today. I wonder what the hell you've been doing. Uh, anyways. Pecking, um, pecking pecker, whatever. Pecker, yeah. pecker, pecker head. Peck, I saw, I, like I saw that. that. Oh, yeah. yeah I hadn't heard that head. in a long time. I yeah. love that. You peck ahead. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to what I'm saying is I personally would like to see Doug Armstrong take and hold on to president of hockey operations. And I'd like to see him find a general manager, someone like a Keith Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not a fan of him, so. Well, I don't, listen, don't <laughs> fucking start with me. Hey, you want a wrench thrown into it? I just threw don't one back. Don't worry, we're going to segue on this one yeah. too. Good. Asshole. Good. Um, but Keith has done a great job. Of, yeah, but you're not going to fucking go Keith Kachuk when fucking Al McGinnis has been sitting there. The I don't think time. Al wants it. Yeah. I think Al's been offered higher positions. I don't know. I mean, Al and yeah. I don't take warm showers together anymore. Yeah, um, anymore. Anymore. Well, you dropped the soap too many times, did you? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Hall of Fame defenseman. I mean, you throw the soap first. So, <laughs> but I don't know if Al wants the job. Um so I just think I'm brainstorming, you know, Marty Brodeur is gone. Uh, and the next guy you have in your stable, I mean, you have Larry Robinson, yeah, but he's not going to come in as a GM. Larry wants to be on the outside. He's more of a quiet mm-hmm. guy. And I'm not saying Army's not doing a good job as GM, but maybe you have to make that decision and say, okay, a guy like Keith Kachuk, mm-hmm. who knows Quenville very well, maybe they work better together in a marriage. And Keith is very up to date on modern day scouting, the amateur level, all that stuff. And you know, you move Army up to president of hockey operations, so he oversees everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is literally like I am fucking in fantasy world here. Yeah. I'm talking about realigning the entire organization. Yeah, and all of that is just a bullshit idea too, because we don't have coach. Q. We they may not even be interested no, in them. So exactly. I mean, I'm just saying that could be interesting to give it that look. But I guess to get back on topic here is Craig Berube has a big job to do. Yeah. He's got a team that just lost 2 nothing to the last place team in the NHL who started their fourth goalie. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. Yeah, but then and the kid played well last night, though. He played fucking yeah. fabulous. I'm just saying, hey, oh, let's go talk sidebar. Look, That's a good thing. Good for him. I'm proud yeah. for yeah. Cal Peterson. Played well. However, it was his fourth game ever, I think. Yep. Maybe his fifth. Played well. Play- <laughs> did he play well? <laughs> yes, he did. But how many secondary? And- yeah, you're, you're like, yeah. So on, on Baruby, though, that's fucking, you know, so who do you got? You got the Predators back-to-back, and then you got the Jets coming. The two toughest teams in the damn National Hockey League right now are coming walking in your door. So it's a good wake-up call to have. Maybe it sparks something which you do need in your dressing room. Yes, yes. I, I'm more interested in what you said earlier. I think I think there's a guy that's sitting at the top of the pecking order, uh, not the top of the pecking order because that's still. I, I think he needs to maybe have a look at what he's got in his organization, and I think he's. I think there's got to be an alignment here of some sort because Army's ran through this process now. Coaches have come and gone. We're still not in a different scenario than we are, so it can't. Am I saying the players are scot free? Of course I'm not, but 
There's there's got to be a chief leading you to the war, and well, there is now. Now we got a chief. <laughs> But there's got to be a commander leading you to the war. And is there is there something? Is the commander not seeing something? Uh, you know, as good as Army's been, he's won a Stanley Cup and everything else, and he's and he's done these things. But is he not seeing something on this team where he's not, or he's not, or he's just being bullheaded on looking at? I don't know the answer to that. But is the answer something. within the personnel, yeah, not exactly. behind the bench, yeah. but on the bench? Exactly. Like, is that the next move? Yep. Like, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you know I, something had to be done. Okay, because things were trending in the wrong direction for the Blues. Now, to see Mike Yogo, it sucks. He's a buddy of mine, and uh, it's always tough because people ignore the fact that these guys have families, they have responsibilities, they have kids, you know, the wives, all this stuff. So putting that to the side, um, I wasn't sure if there would be a player transaction or a coach transaction. Obviously, now we know it's the coach that's going to be Mm-hmm. fired or that was fired what's next like do you leave it the way it is for the next two three four five games oh, yep. or do you say fuck it i'm shaking everything up and we're just gonna try and do whatever you're you're early enough in the season where um i still think with a guy coming in for the clientele you have right because you can't do a fucking fire sale you i don't even think you can go down to the minors and bring a bunch of guys up because you got most of them here that the guys that are expected to play well, right in now. the nhl too we've talked about yeah. this a million times there's no more trades that happen very yeah. seldom yeah because so, the money doesn't equal the rosters don't and you just can't make the trade but usually i've sat in i've sat in locker rooms where i and i guys that are hall of famers and have said guys that have won stanley cup rings and at some point, sometimes there's a coach that you just fucking they tune out, and it, so now the channel's been changed. Do you listen to this guy? Because at some point in time, you went, like and we talked, you've gone through a series of coaches here. Some 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 players aren't listening. Some some players aren't on the same frequency as the coaches no, are around here. So, uh, <laughs> so right now they have to. Obviously, I'm I'm sure Armstrong's. Don't get me wrong. He, there'll be people that he's listening to. People are asking because you're low in the totem pole right now. They're trying to pluck away players that are probably Oh, they're trying good. to just absolutely Steal them. Yeah. give him the reverse so, oil rigger on trades here yeah. right now. So he's got a if he's if if you're a man of pride in that situation, you still you have to value your job. So I'm pretty sure he hasn't quit on his job. So he's got a he signed up to be the uh, the boss of the Blues here. So he's got rid of the coach now. So that's taken that away from the players, but now it has to shift to the players. So and I'll always go back. There's a core sitting there. The core has been here for a long period of time, as long as Army's been here. You guys have been sitting here running this thing, so I think the pressure now goes from Yo's gone. I don't even put the pressure on Baruby at this point in time. I put the pressure on the core players well, in that's that locker a, Yeah, room. exactly, 100%. That's why I said yeah. earlier, it's a great day for the players because yep. they didn't, they weren't the ones that got the ax, yep. but it's a tough day or the bad day for the players because now they're the only ones that are the focus. Yeah, and, then the, and, the, and I'll always say this because the – and I'm and I'm a fan too because I'm not in the circles. I've just li- I've lived the life. But as a fan, I'm sitting there. So you're going to still have to go through this process because you don't know what the fuck's coming. As a fan, you I, I know many have been out there calling for his head. So they finally get that wish to come through. But that's not going to necessarily change the process here. You're hoping totally. it's going to. You're hoping the fucking thing is going to start running the right way. But you don't know if you're going there yet. It's not automatic. No, no. And if you lose, come out of the gate and you lose three games, I'll say you don't score a fucking goal. What's going to be said? Is Baruby the fault? Well, now? I was going to say, what yeah. if Baruby is not the answer? Yeah. What exactly. if? Exactly. So, you know. And we're going to find out quickly here, too, Kimby. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, but we're going to find out here quickly whose systems were whose. What were they? Because mm-hmm. if Chief comes in 
And that team looks completely different in the four-check neutral zone and defensive zone penalty. If everything looks completely different, we'll know at that point that it was Mike Yo mm-hmm. that was that was his systems or that was his thoughts. If yep. things stay the same, then guess what else we'll know? That Chief was part of the process in strategy. Yeah. And if that wasn't working and Chief gets behind the bench and I was the head guy and it continues to not work, then ultimately now what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Well, see, he, he but he, he's coached in Philadelphia before when they, they, they got rid of him. He was assistant coach and he took over for Philadelphia. He has a winning record in the National Hockey League. He goes down to the minors. He coaches the Wolves. He has success down there with that team. So he's got his own plan. I'm sure he sits as a Yeah, but was co- he part of the plan right now? No, but I, that's what I'm saying. So he, I'm sure he's sitting here with when uh, being the assistant coach, uh, associate coach, I believe his name. Yeah, he was associate. So how much higher. how much phrase does he got going into? Because if you're the coach, you're going to run your systems. And I understand you say the systems are a little different. You know, well, I don't know if they are. If, if the, yeah, I know, but if there's a in the National Hockey League, realistically. It's not going to be too far fucking fetched to go on. No, know, but they do run a different neutral zone. They're dropping that exactly. winger back into like a two-three. There could be a left wing lock. There could be all that kinds of shit if you're keeping that guy high, or maybe if it's a one-man forecheck to a two-man forecheck. Exactly. In defensive zone. Yeah. They go man-to-man above the top of the circles. For sure. Uh, maybe he changes that. Like it'll if be you interesting. See drastic changes. Yeah. But Chief's got to have his. Like I said, but that's where I was going with it though. Ribs. He's coached his own teams, so he's had success coaching with his things. We'll find out if him and yeah. you were on the same page or if Chief wanted to do something different. So, you'll, yeah, that's coming down the road here. All right. Well, to to kind of stay on topic here, um, the Blues are in tough shape tough in shape. the standings. Okay. So now we have the coaching change that's happened. Uh, you've lost to the worst team in the NHL by shutout. And now the one thing that I wanted to hit on too which kind of sucks for Mike Yo, because before he got fired, how about the fucking injuries that they're going through right mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Like, that has to have an impact here right now. Like, Patty Maroon's out, Alexander Steen's out, Gunnarsson's out, Schwartz is out, and then who else did I forget? There? Oh, you got Braden Shen, who... Playing her or whatever. Well, I know he's hurt. Yeah. You know, you got Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. So that's six of your regular players that are out yep like what kind of an impact do you think that had on the lack of success for the blues and ultimately do those injuries affect their wins and losses or do, and if they do how would it have affected mike yell what, what would you do if uh, uh all of a sudden you line up to nashville and all of them come off the fucking injured reserve when, what the fuck would you do then as a coach, <laughs> if you're sitting there, you'll want to, then at least you'd have an answer saying maybe someone shut the door on me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. So if all of a sudden they up to play the like today yeah. after practice, yeah. everybody came off the IR. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of know that there was a, a little bit of a backstab in there. Some shit going on. Some shit. But yeah, no, but that plays into it also. The, you're right. So the injuries have played, a, you know, those are big players you're talking well, about. Well, you have to, right? Because yeah. Bortuzzo adds some of that sandpaper. Yeah. We talked Schwartz. about Patty Maroon. Adds that sandpaper. Uh, Schwartz is a little yeah. buzz out there. He's buzzing around all yeah. the time. Uh, Braden Shen, when he's healthy, we know what he can do. And he's still yeah. playing well, even though he's injured. I know he doesn't have the points right now, but fuck, every time you look up, he's in front of the net. He's battling. He took a hit yesterday. He can barely, I mean. 
but they but it, it plays into it, Ribs. But still, they weren't uh, when all those guys were healthy. They still weren't at the fucking you know. No, they, they were still they were still up and down. It still goes. But they have I still gotten go back better, to the core. right? Like so. That's the thing is like you look at it and if they would have went hand in hand to where they continue to get better, but they have their A group in the lineup, maybe things are different. Yeah, but so but you go to Vegas. When they went 4-1, they play a, a really good hockey club. They were playing, yeah. Some guys were out of the lineup, though, you know, at that point in time. So yeah, that, that's the part that's that's frustrating to people, I believe, because you are you had success, and then you go into San Jose, and it, which is a tough place to play, 3 nothing. That's not a bad thing. You know, the Shark Tank is yeah, so hard to play there. Correct. And then you come home, and then, you know, you, now you've, you've shit the bed again. Yeah. So, you know, that's – it's it's just, it's a team. It's a team with uh, – I, I go to the core all the time, man. Some Someone's got to lead you, and – if the, you know, Yo and or whoever your head coach is isn't going to be the only leader in that fucking team. So, you know, there's a group inside there that no. runs the runs the animal. Yeah. Yo, Yo sort of. If anyone ever knows a, a National Hockey League team, there's a your your leadership group who has more dealings with the coaches than that because the coach that's who he wants to deal with. He wants to make sure those guys are leading the fucking troops in the right direction. And if the coach has to veer off and go down and start pecking order like the guys at the bottom, they'll always come to them because that's the easy, that's the hanging meat right there. <laughs> but, but the guys that, like the core that he wants, the, the the core guys that are running the ship to make sure they're running the ship the way he wants it run. That's how it really runs. So I'm I'm wondering, and I'm not wondering, I'm when Yo was trying to get there, I don't think the core was running down his road. And I think it hurt him in the long haul. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. And. What's a what's that thing I like to say, right? If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Yeah, right. You so got, do you got one of those? Uh, both. <laughs> um, so I guess you know to kind of sum up the situation before we move on here to some other hot topics. Um, we'll see. Tough week for the Blues. Tough week. They've got uh, two against Nashville, one against Winnipeg. It's not getting any easier. They still have guys on the IR, so it's going to be interesting to see what the response is. You're fucking Nashville right now, so you're you know you're at the top of the podium right now, and I'm pretty sure Laviolette's going to say we got four point game right here. I said we could stick a fork right in these boys and be done with them for the year. You know, but we have to be very careful because one new coaching change and a wounded animal sometimes, right? For sure, give you their best. But I'm just saying, so they could step on their neck here and just slow it right down. Well, both teams too. Yeah. So, be interesting to see how the Blues bounce back from this uh, coaching change. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Chief Barube changes, if anything, lines, strategies, all that stuff. Do you think you'll put smoke signals up from the bench? I'd be good if you could because you'd be great for our fucking show then because well, you I could read that shit. translate yes. for Fox Sports Midwest. <laughs> all right. you, might, you might get a job out of this. I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chief, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are because um, I know you're an avid listener to our podcast, uh, don't yep. be afraid to uh, throw a few f- smoke signals up. I'll translate them for the hey, people at home. If you have any balls, the next game you'll go up in the press box with a headdress on. That would be fucking awesome. Well, I have balls to do that. It wouldn't bother me. <laughs> Now, if you did it, they might take exception. <laughs> no, they just say, there's that goofy fucker again. Holy fuck. <laughs> Think of the feathers it would take for that fucking headdress. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, hey, now, we were on you. You don't jump I over know, to but me, I just now. thought about it for a second. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. You need a goddamn pterodactyl. That'd be that big old turkey, you know, that they pardon every time at the White House. <laughs> holy shit, right? My God. Imagine the fucking 18-wheeler they'd Christ. have to bring that thing in on. I'd be running down. They'd shoot me. They'd say there's a lot of meat in that one, isn't there? They would. Yes, they, they would. would. I, not as much as before, though, Kimmy. <laughs> Looking good. Trim that beard, although I think you had your eyes closed when you trimmed it. But it looks good on you, though. Yes. All is. right, so to move on now, because I, I have to move on to this, because I've been fucking hot. Oh, I'm collar. loving this, No, too. You're, you're just an asshole, really, <laughs> is what you are. As 
You know, okay, here's the thing is for people who are listening, Kimby and I and this other guy, Southpaw, what is he, fourth line voice on Twitter, have been going back and forth about Matthew Kachuk. And so Kimby knows that I'm really close with the kids, okay, with Brady and with Matthew. I've worked with them, but it's more than that. They've been around the locker room, little snot-nosed kids forever that are awesome kids. They've been mentors to my sons with through their work ethic and everything they do and how nice they are and polite. I've used them as the measuring stick. So to say I'm protective of them is a fucking understatement, okay? <laughs> and then Kimby and this other guy have the audacity to suggest that one, Matthew Kachuk's a diver, which he's not. Two, he's a rat, which he kind of... I didn't ah, say none of that. I didn't say none of that. He kind of is, kind of isn't. And three, that he should have fought Zach fucking Cassian. Please, enlighten our world with why you... Uh, first of all, Matthew Kachuk had four points again last night. Why uh, Cassian has one point on the season. Why would you want that guy fighting Zach Cassian? Okay, so I'm going to... You got to give me a second answer. I don't know. I'm fired up. And here's the answer. So I just want to be truthful because this is who I am to the way that I'm going to speak on this. So their old man I don't like uh, for, for other reasons. Not that that's it. But I still don't hold that. I've never held that against the, the kids. I think the kids are, are unbelievable. I, w- I would take them on my team. I'm just telling you that's what I would do. Now, there's Connor McDavid, who on any team I've ever played on, whether it would be Brett Hall, um, uh, Adam Oates, they're untouchables. You don't, as far as when I played the game, you don't touch them fuckers because there's respect to the game. I agree. So when Kachuk was going after Drysdale, I'm fine with that. And I, I, I don't care if he kicks the shit out of Drysdale. I'm fine with that. But once he went to the Connor McDavid stage, when you go up to that stage, when you enter that zone, you have to know something's coming your way. Yeah, but chronologically, Kimby, here's where your story's flawed. Chronologically in the game, Kachuk went after Drysdale, who slew footed him. Yeah. Okay. And then Cassian came in after Kachuk after Drysidle. Mm-hmm. And Kachuk's like, fuck this. The guy's got one goal and he plays half of what I play in the game. Then, as the game went on, he kind of got into McDavid's yeah. grill. That's and where I, that's the part that Lucic I have. And Lucic found his way through the pile, which is kind of funny if you watch the highlight because Matthew's going at it. And then all of a sudden, Luch decides or figures out that it's McDavid and he comes in and just bare paws old Matthew Kachuk to yeah. the ice. But so that's my point is. And I guess maybe that's where it got misinterpreted or misunderstood. Is Matthew wants to go with Drysidle, mm-hmm. who's bigger than him, probably stronger than him. I, I don't have a problem with equal that. Equal parts, yeah. talent, right? Yeah. But then Cassian comes in to defend Drysidle. Why on earth would Matthew Kachuk want to fight Zach Cassian? That, well, why would he even give him the time of day for Drysidle, who could handle himself? Here's where I'm. Here's what this is the way I think of it, Rivs. And whether you agree with this or not, and that, that's fine if you don't. I, I look the way Kachuk might become a top ten hockey player in this national hockey. He might be. He I don't. Right I, now. I, I don't know if he gets there or not. He's just fucking starting out. But over a time of period, <laughs> he might get there. He's not gonna, he's like when I talk elite players, I'm talking the Crosby's and that. He might get there when after his career's done or whatever. He might sit on that mantle with them. Because I don't know that. Right now, I view him. And this is where I view him as is like a Claude Lemieux type player. No, but hold on, no. let me, let me finish. Ronick would be a better comparison. No, no, and here's why. No, because Jr. was Jr. was Claude Lemieux was a, a more of a shit disturber type player, which Matthew Kachuk gets into that process. He fucking needles guys. I don't like the comparison. And he does it. Claude Lemieux scored forty fucking goals in that kind of shit. I know, but it's, I don't like the comparison. I believe Kachuk's got better uh, skill ability on his thing. 
I'm just telling you, right now at this point in time in his career, that's where I think he's heading. That's the road he's on right now. Does he surpass that road and go on to be better things? I think he does. But I'm just saying, right now, if you're going to be a shit disturber, and Claude Lemieux was a shit disturber, and he also put numbers up on the board, he brought excitement to the game, that's, where I, that's why I compare him to Claude Lemieux. Now, did Claude Lemieux have to fucking fight? You fucking right, he did. You know, Dave Brown fucking hit him, and then I fucking went after him. Guys would go after Claude Lemieux because he would step over and he would go to go get those players, which is great, I, and I'm all for that. Uh, but once you enter that zone, and especially in the National Hockey League right now, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but for Kachuk, it, it fucking ramped his name way up in things for the game that he had against those guys, the shit that he caused. But the only thing that went, well, unfortunately for him, was the team that he was playing is an old Western Hockey League coach that sits behind the fucking bench, and he's got tough guys on his team. Well, he's got so, tough guys to burn, right? Yeah. He's got Nurse. Yes. A, you know, he's just a good player, and he's got Cassian, who's yeah. a heavyweight, and he's got Lucic, who's one of the top sure. guys in the league. So I know exactly when that what was going on. I could fucking write it right now for you with McClellan, where, where, where he was going. Of and, course. And, and I got nothing wrong with that, because that's the way the game is. I don't either. So that's why I said to you, when we were all going through this process, part of it was me needling you, because I know the closeness to you, to the, the family. But the other part was, I like what he did, but... Calgary, if you're going to fucking ride your horse with this guy, and you should ride him because he's fucking bringing the excitement, he's putting numbers up. He's he, a leader. You know, yeah, he's a leader, and I'll give you that. But if you're going to fucking leader's going to run that, you can go down that fucking road where, like, Sidney Crosby doesn't really have no protection when they ran that way. He's a different player, though. Sidney Crosby doesn't go out and, I and agree. start the shit where Matthew does. And if Matthew's going to run down that road, and I'm sitting in fucking Calgary, and I'm going to say, well, fuck, if we're going to put our, our cart to this man, which they should, then I might need to fucking grab a little, especially even if I only have to play this guy against fucking Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. I'm good with that because I know every time that Todd McClellan, if he keeps his job there because, you know, he's on the hot seat himself, but the team that he has mantled there, and if I was the coach at Edmonton, next time we went to Calgary, I'd send all three fucking guys after him. I'd say, here, fucking deal with this yeah. until they want to answer my call because – that's just the way I looked at it, and that's the way I. And that's why I'm not yeah. down. I'm not downgrading him by saying that he looks like Claude Lemieux. I'm just saying because Claude Lemieux's got fucking more rings no, on his finger than most people. I, I understand, do. but for people who don't know Claude Lemieux yeah. and, and, and everything that comes with him, all they see is this little cheesy little rat. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, I'll take offense to the rat tag every time mm-hmm. because Matthew Kachuk has stepped up mm-hmm. and he's fought the Ryan Kesslers. He's fought like, two years ago. He went after Drew Doughty. Everybody knows that he gets in Drew Doughty's kitchen and he's fucking mm-hmm. yap, 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 yap. And Braden McNabb, who's a big son of a bitch, I think he's 6'4 or 6'5, 220. He challenges Kachuk at the faceoff. And what does he do? He answers the bell and yep. fights him, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he has stepped up. He's not just a rat that runs around. He will drop the mitts. Mm-hmm. And if Dreisaitl had wanted to fight him and drop the mitts, he would have fought him. Yep. Right? And it would have been justified because he slew-footed Kachuk. I, I totally So agree. everybody overlooks that. They think, oh, Kachuk's just starting shit. No. Nope. He got slew-footed and said, fuck you. We're comparable on the stat sheet and on our importance level. Yep. You're a bigger guy than me. Let's. You want to fuck have, around? Let's do this. I have nothing wrong with that. And I... I'll, he could if he and I said that on the thing him and the dry sidle thing if he kicks the shit out of him I'm okay with that it's a yeah I'm okay with I'm that. okay I, with that too I'm just I'm just uh, how the circumstances go forth and when you start entering up into those I stuff, know because I and I know the kids got respect for the game his family's lived it there you know his, their old man was fucking one of the best players in the fucking in the United States of America and, and in the National Hockey League um, and and this is coming from a guy that don't even fucking like the guy and I love you Big Walt by the way yeah and uh, so, I know you listen too so but I don't like him. And <laughs> I love you. Um, so I have respect for their family for what they've done. I have respect for the kids, how they're playing the game. I think it's awesome. Uh, I'm just saying, 
if Calgary's going to run that fucking way, then if Kachuk's going to go do that, he's going to have to fight his battles because if he's got no fucking help, I'm telling you. They got to get him some help. Yes. But here, I guess, here's the biggest thing that I want to highlight out of this is within one game, okay, because we don't, the rest of the world doesn't see a lot of Calgary and Edmonton and whatnot. Within one game, though, Matthew Kachuk single-handedly recreated Mm -hmm. the Battle of Alberta. For sure. Because where was that last year? Yeah. The year before, right? There was no Battle of Alberta. They were like laughing because they were people out there would even poke fun at Edmonton being so low on the totem pole, Calgary, and it was like a uh, ho hum, yeah. Calgary. Now, now we've got a ball game. And, and you know what? That and I hope for what he's done, and because I'm, I'm from Canada, you're from Canada, but I I always like to see Can, Canada hockey was on a low thing going, and you know Toronto's come back, Winnipeg's come back, and the, they're coming you, you back. Know, yeah. So you, I, I've always wanted to, and that's, that's nothing to do against the states. I I love hockey, but I just Canada's where you know that that's our game. Yep. And. So I like to have them success. So by him doing what he's doing, I'm all for it. Maybe it puts a spark under Connor McDavid's ass too when what's going on. Well, look at the game that we ended up yeah, with. Yeah, for sure. It was playoff atmosphere. Yes. And it started out, you know, with Sam Bennett, who who the hell knew he, this guy could chuck knucks? Yeah. Who knew that, right? He yep. had one fight, like what, last year? Mm-hmm. Thumped the piss out of somebody? Yep. And then all of a sudden, since then, he's gotten confidence. But he fucking runs over Darnell Nurse. Yep. Then he fights him. Mm-hmm. Draw. Good fight. Good fight. But that set the table. Then sure. Kachuk and Drysaddle are going at it. Then, yep. you know, you've got Lucic running over Giordano, their captain. And it's like yep. all of a sudden we have the kind of hockey that we, as mm-hmm. a fan base, have been craving again. Yep. I totally agree. And so if you expand that, okay, because we're going to stay on the Kachuks here. But if you expand that to Brady Kachuk, who's in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Look at this character out of these kids. I'm yep. sorry. You know, Matt Stone kind of gets hit high. I wouldn't have called the penalty on it, right? Mm-hmm. But Brady Kachuk sees that opportunity and says, no, not on my watch. Yep. He skates in, grabs Abdelkader, who's not a heavyweight, but but he has a lot of fights under his belt, and he's a shit disturbed. You want to talk about a rat. Yep. Abdelkader is that kind of a player. But Brady Kachuk comes in, throws a few bombs, gets hung up on the net. You can tell he has a holy shit moment. I might get thumped here, and then starts swinging for the fences, right? And kind of doesn't drop them, puts them down, lands on top of them in Ottawa, by the way, which you know as well as I do. If you're going to have your first fight and you're a young guy and you're going to win the fight, damn, does it feel good to do that at home. Yes, exactly. So I guess what I'm saying is the Kachuk boys are changing the dynamic of the league. And hold on before you jump all over me. But like Tom Wilson, okay, maybe a little too much. Okay, I like the way he plays, and he's invaluable with what he does. I, I love what he does for the team. But now maybe it's going to trend towards highly skilled individuals like the Kachuk boys, but that have that sandpaper to them, mm-hmm. right? Like Jamie Benn. Let's yep. talk about him for a minute, right? Exactly. Like, fuck, he's chucking nucks with everybody. everybody. And he's on the power plays or captain, all this stuff. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk, who you know, I don't think he's fought anybody this year, but he has fought in the past. He runs guys over. He goes to the net. And he can toe drag the shit out of you and bury it top shelf. Brady Kachuk, does that kid do anything yep. but drive the net? How many? He's got six goals this year. Yep. Like holy shit! So I, these guys for me are changing what a forward should look like in the NHL. I, I totally agree. And if, if that if it goes that way, you know, you you're, you talked about them, and, and you can put Wilson in that category. I'm, I'm fine. Well, with that I do. I do. You know, I, I'm maybe not going to put the points up that these other guys are doing, but. He belongs in that category because you know he's he's playing with fucking Ovi half the time. Well, anyway. shit, he had a point every other game yeah. in the playoffs last year. So he 
you know, if, if you're going to go that way, I, I'd rather you go that way than to watch these fucking 140-pounders fight each other because that's just fucking like, like you know, no, no one goes to watch a lightweight fight. But even if they don't fight. No, Kimmy, I okay? know, but I'm just saying. Like, here's my thought on it. Is even if they don't going. fight, they get to run around a little bit, lay the body, yep. keep guys honest at the same time as they might make a highlight reel goal happen too. And that's where I was, but I'm saying, so if, when these guys are running around, and they're doing with, and I'll go back to the fucking Claude Lemieux. I'll go to the Drapers. They were yappy fuckers when they played the game. They played the guy game with a high intensity level where they were going to say anything they could to throw somebody off their game, and that's what they were going to do. And they were going to use their presence to go, not only to, to throw the hits and that. But I, I've watched players like I, fuck, we do that ourselves. You go out there and fucking when you got to back in junior when you had a chance to play hockey. You would get yourself involved in that thing, and then you'd go to the bench and you say, "No, fuck you! What are you going to do about it?" Blah blah blah. And that's what kind of players they are, which brings excitement because the fans, a lot of fans, are hardcore fans that live through that because they would do that themselves. It's not like they would be, you know, teetotaling guys, and they like the guys that got the, the get in there and get their nose dirty because they can respect them. And so it's nice to see, and hopefully, there's a trend that they, like I said, so you've done it in Calgary. Maybe that sparks the Alberta battle up bigger now. Maybe your best one of your best players in the game, Connor McDavid, says, "Hey, fuck me! I better get involved in this process because <laughs> there's something here on the table now." Because you know, Calgary, whatever hockey's going on, Alberta, Alberta hockey, Calgary and Edmonton, there's a there's a pissing match going on there all the time. So that's been many years in the making. Went dry for a while, but now this might be reinvented. And it, you know, all Canada talks about. Yeah. They, they talk about Toronto, Montreal. They, you know, get back to all those rivalries, and people get excited about that again. Well, what I like about it is, like you said, it, it draws attention back to <coughs> the rivalries. Okay? Yes. Which, let's be honest, in the last five, six years, they've kind of dissipated to where they're really not much of yeah. any of it. You know what rivalries are, Ribs? The Chicago-St. Louis, right? You know what that rivalry is? Showing fucking old clips of me fucking going after JR. That's what the rivalry is. And I say, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to say that, but that's... So now, there needs to be a new identity come, and here, here's, here's, where, here's where you start right. at. Yeah. No, you're right. And so... To just hit on because what you said sparked something, and you know, like when Lucic got his penalty for a fine and he ran that guy over who didn't have the puck. Mm-hmm. Well, if you watch that clip, guess who comes flying in to grab guys off his back? Connor McDavid. Yeah, correct. Correct. So you know, like you talk about maybe a trend starting here, and I'm not talking about the fighting. I'm just talking about the playoff style team yeah. chemistry or team game, mm-hmm. right? And when players like um, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, Tom Wilson. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. My my brain is going dead right now a little bit. But when those types of players play that way, as a coach, you love it. Yeah. Because one, yeah, he's a great player, and they do. Great, but they're dragging the entire team into the battle. Correct. Right. Because yep. if you don't get drug into the battle, then it's really noticeable that you're not part of it. Yep. So and- you're forced to. Get in there, and here and here's my biggest thing, and and we'll go full circle, fucking wrap this whole thing around each other. <laughs> Where on the fucking blues does this participate? Where is that fucking guy? I I agree, and now you know I was gonna kind of I know I, I was gonna bring that up was when we got into our little spat mm-hmm. on Twitter. People talked about, well, I'd take him on the blues. Yeah. Well, I well no shit you would exactly right. Yeah. So yes, are the blues currently? craving a player that can do that that would drag his team into battle whether they like it or not mm-hmm. yeah they're missing that 
But, but I, look know, how hard it was for me to even rhyme off five guys who can yeah. do that in the league right now. And the, cl- the closest thing they got there, and this is my own belief again, this closest thing they got is Patty Maroon. I agree. And he could get to that ball game, but you know, he, you know, he's, he's gotten older, but still, there's got to be a passion but in there. Patty's not an instigator, no, right? So yeah, what exactly. you need is you need a little shit out yeah. there, like not a little shit, but like a. Like a Sean Avery type. type let's yeah. take the yappy and the dumb shit out of the game, okay? Mm-hmm. Let, let's just use Matthew Kachuk because he's yep. recent. If you have a Matthew Kachuk who's in there laying the body and he's getting in Dowdy's face, he's getting in all these guys' faces, Kopitar, yep. whatever, now Patty Maroon is forced. Like I just talked about, dragging guys into the battle, For right? Sure. Now Patty Maroon is forced to come in there and help out Matthew Kachuk. Well, then all of a sudden, Edmondson is forced to help out Patty Maroon. Bortuzzo's helping out. Like, all of a sudden, your roster's being drug into the battle here because of one guy. Yeah, and it brings your whole team tighter together. Yeah, you get a big win like Calgary yeah. did the other night. That's what, Look, at we're still talking about it. For sure. And then when, when that does that, not only that, but now your, your superstars on your hockey club go fuck, they're going to have my back now too. So now I can get my balls. I just got a whole lot bigger because I know the whole team's coming to the game. And you know what else it does too that I like? Is it keeps the superstars on other teams on edge because yep. Matthew Kachuk, with his point total and his importance to the Calgary Flames, he is 100% A-OK, barring McDavid and Crosby, mm. to go after anybody in the league. For sure. I, I totally agree with that. Right? I so now you got to be like, holy shit, is this little, you know, is this kid going to fly off the rails here? Yeah. And is he going to grab me by the face in a scrum? Now you're, you know, now once again, he's changing the outcome of the game yep. because he might be getting in I, guys' heads. That, that's that's the only part that that was about it because when we played or whatever, you know, with the Gretzkys and the Lemieux and that, you had the respect for the game where you, no, I know. you didn't make it about you going I didn't think them. he really went after so, McDavid. Yeah. He kind of grabbed him behind the net. It wasn't like he went over and cheap shot at him. Yeah. But yeah like, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm just saying. That's, that's where, that's just where say, I Just I say, Rivs, you were right. Just no, say. I'm not going to say that because I'm going to stay where I am. Kimby, I'm going to come over I'm going to be like, you. I'm going to be like you and say, I'm staying put on this and I'm standing tall. I'm not talking about it anymore. Fucking five minutes later. Rah, 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 I'm not talking about it anymore. I started laughing. <laughs> See, even I can be drugged back into the battle, Kimby. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. Well, I was sick. I Listen, the, the, the my brain knew you assholes were just. Poking at me, and so I was sitting there like spitting fire. My thumbs were like cramping up, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And then something else we got. I'm like, oh fuck it. <laughs> Doesn't it piss you off though when you get, you know, you're something you're totally involved in, and we, you know, because I get on that shit when sometimes they get into fighting, some uh, fucking question something, and then I'll get in there and then fucking, I can't pull myself back out of the situation sometimes. So well, then sometimes scary. then I get tagged in it, right? <laughs> and then like. Five thousand people are going at each other, and I get a notification every goddamn time. I like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to block them because I'm not that. I just want to leave the conversation. I wish you could do that. I'm like, I've stirred up the shit, and I want out. You know, and like, I still get things notifications today about people still talking about that shit. It's like five days ago. Anyways, that's great. It's funny. It keeps me. Uh, it it drags me into the battle. There let's just put go. it that way. But um, you know, you talk about teams that are in the battle a little bit here and we talk about Canada uh, let's actually stay on the Senators because Kachuk Brady Kachuk is fresh on the brain uh, obviously he was told to get a place to live he's mm-hmm. going to stay there now which I didn't see that ever not happening exactly. because their options were he either has to sign with London Knights in the OHL mm-hmm. meaning he has to go report there which he didn't have to or they send him to the American Hockey League Either way, yeah. what, what's best for his development based upon his first little tenure sample? For sure. You're like, there's no way this kid's an NHLer. 
You're exactly right. So I'm glad that they got that out of the way. But then to talk in, in only Ottawa Senators fashion, right, could shit keep going on there. Like, <laughs> it's fucking craziness, you know, just keeps going. So now we're still getting over the Uber thing where that driver is still spitting bullshit out of his mouth. <laughs> you know, like, holy fuck, just go away. Like, don't go away, Matt. I don't care. Just go away. Yeah, I, was, I was laughing out there. I was, someone uh, actually uh, spitting chicklets in the rear admiral there. He's like, he's going after it, and I'm laughing. I I almost wanted to send something. Up. What were the Charlestown boys? Were they, uh, oh, what, Jesus. What would they do that? <laughs> the Uber boys They ordered the Uber on purpose just to burn the car to the ground. <laughs> but it, so, yeah, so Ottawa, you know, as we know, the last calendar year has been a fucking train wreck for them. Now, last night, another crazy game. Okay, first off, uh, I have to mention that Mike Foley, a guy that worked the visitor's locker room, was like a second or third equipment guy around the rink. Unfortunately, he lost his battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Senators posted that on like Friday night and Saturday night he had passed away, which, um, you know, rest in peace. Mike Foley, you were an awesome guy. Big Mike, as I called him at the rink, just a great guy, so... Tough situation for there because a lot of the guys knew, not a lot of guys, everybody knew him and he was a great guy. So a little bit of a unique situation going into last night to start with. Um, and then you go into it and you have Vincent Trocek. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. He lays a hit on a guy and then falls awkwardly on his leg, which is bent behind him, under him, and sideways. Like he shattered his leg. Mm-hmm. And nobody, no cheap shot, just he fell. Oh, yeah, okay, I I, I saw that, yes. So now they've got to deal with that, right? There's like three, I don't know, like four or five minutes left in the second period. I could be completely fucking wrong on this, but it doesn't matter. For the story's sake, I'll just say that. Um, So the paramedics come running on the ice, strap him to the gurney, not the gurney, the stretcher, you know, uh, and wheel him off. He gives a thumbs up, so obviously, you know, he's not going to die or anything. I mean, Knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't. He's mm-hmm. just broken leg. Then the paramedics and the ambulance are kind of gone. They're trying to take him to the hospital. And then a fan drops mm-hmm. with 347 left in the second period. He drops where he has no heartbeat. He's had a heart attack or he's literally dying in the rink while the game's going on. So now they have to scramble to find more paramedics to rush them up and like paddle this guy in the middle of the crowd. While the play is going on, and now the play has stopped, and everybody's paying attention because, you know, obviously it's a very serious moment. They're coming yeah. off the unfortunate news of Mike Foley passing away. Yeah. Now Vinny Trocek just blew his leg apart, and now you've got a fan who drops dying in yeah. your crowd. Like, what the fuck, Kimby? What else could happen in Ottawa these days? What did they, I, I didn't see the part of it there. Where, what did they do? Did they, they, they shut it down till the end of the period? Yeah, they, they, okay. um, they killed the clock meaning that they did the ice, let everybody recover, yeah. let the paramedic, let the people get out of the way, and then they added three minutes, or they came out, played 347, buzzer went, and then they switched yeah. ends to play the third, which was the right thing to do. Yeah. Obviously, someone's not living life right in that organization. Maybe the owner, huh? Holy crap. No, that's, like, that's, that's unfortunate to see. But uh, you, the, on, when you go to the hit, though, it was that was kind of weird because when you watch the hit play out, and then I'm because I I didn't see the game obviously, but I'm watching the highlights this morning, and I'm watching them there, and I'm going, 
it, like I'm wondering what the fuck's wrong with him. Like I, I couldn't figure it out. And then once you figure out the the leg, and oh, then you see him pretzel yeah. underneath them. Oh my uh, cause god! Because he's looking all right. He's looking around and everything. And I'm wondering what the fuck's he doing here. And then, yeah. And then when you see the replay, I said, oh yeah, I get it now. I feel bad too because he's a yeah. good young player and he's a big part of that team. And for him to go down is tough, yeah. right? And well, then, it comes in threes, they say. So there's three for him. So maybe they get on a string of good luck now. Well. The last one, which is a kick in the nuts, okay, that I hadn't brought up yet. <laughs> so, you see, this might come in fours, is Mike Hoffman, who was traded from yeah. Ottawa to San Jose, yeah, which is crazy. an okay deal, and then San Jose flips it for an amazing deal yeah. to Florida. Well, Mike Hoffman now comes back to Ottawa last night for his first game back. When we know that, if we know that bullshit, but for people listening who don't know, Mike Hoffman's fiance was not only accused of, but uh, I think there's a lawsuit out there and a restraining order for his Mike Hoffman's fiance cyberbullying Eric Carlson's wife and Eric Carlson. It was such a huge deal that they traded Mike Hoffman and they traded Eric Carlson. Yep. Well, and, they had no choice in the Carlson, though, didn't they? Didn't, didn't, didn't he walk? He well, was he was going to probably walk anyways, yeah. but bottom line is they ended up for getting sure. rid of both players. Pretty good, pretty good players. <laughs> you think? Yep. 30 goal scorer. Hey, them women screw everything up, don't they? <sighs> Fuck, I'm telling you. So, <laughs> to stay, yeah, no comment. Um, but Mike Hoffman, it's his first game back last night. And, of course, the media guys, as fun as they can be sometimes, and they have no, t- they have nothing else to do sometimes except think of the stirring up the shit. They're like, wonder if there will be a video tribute to Mike Hoffman. <laughs> right? I mean, it's a legit question. The guy yeah. spent a lot of time there, was a 30-goal scorer for them Correct. consistently. Yeah. And it, he wasn't the one no. cyberbullying. It was his yeah, girlfriend or his fiance. I'm, is he still with that girl? He is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you got to pass on that one then. She must be something. <laughs> um, She's good on the computer. She's apparently. <laughs> uh, but they did have a video tribute, though. Oh, did they? They did. They, did uh, the girl make it in the video tribute? No, I don't oh, okay. think she did. I think they, on, she wasn't on the keyboard? She might have hit the... <laughs> She might have hit the editing room floor. <laughs> Ba-doom. Um, but, yeah, so they have Mike Hoffman back in the building, and it's his first game back, and they do this awkward video tribute because everybody's like, should we boo? Should we clap? Yeah. I don't know. Should we barf? We're not sure what to do, and I'm yeah. sure Hoffman felt equally as weird about yeah, it. Yeah, run and hide. Um, but then he goes on to score the last goal of the game on a breakaway. He scores to put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Like, you talk about a punch in the nuts, right? That's a fucked up story, that one, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, that's when the bad guy's supposed to die, and then the bad guy... <laughs> but is he the bad guy? Well, no, I'm just saying for the whole story. He's, he's grouped with the bad guy. He is. The bad girl. He's, he's on, grouped with the bad girl. Yeah. Maybe he likes him that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, say uh, you live on. and die by the sword. It can yeah, be. Exactly. To each their own. To each their own. So that's that's what happened in Ottawa. With, with that that's, whole that's that's entertainment in itself man it's, you don't even a need a rivalry TV yeah series. you don't need a rivalry there you got shit a days of our lives I'm going on there you, like i thought cnn was fun to watch <laughs> because of the fucking soap opera that goes on there all every day but this ottawa thing they should have a reality oh, show for sure the money you make on that one you could set up pay-per-view it you could have what will happen next like when yeah. they had dallas and who shot jr <laughs> exactly right who, do, who shot jr what will happen next <laughs> In Ottawa, who will drop uh, next? I think someone playing that girl part would be the, that'd be a lead actor right there, an actress role. Right. You'd have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder she'd what have, she looks like. She'd have to know the computer though. I wonder what she looks like. How many words type a minute? If she looks good enough, doesn't matter. Can she play five on one? 
I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> Holy shit. Jesus, Gump. Where's Cromer when you need him? Fucking Cromer. He's sitting at home he'd right now. He'd be over there going, bah, 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 bah. Uh, He'd be staring at a blank screen is what he'd be doing. We'd ask him a question to wake him up. Fucking Cromer. So, anyways, to stick in the uh, to Eastern Conference and to stick with the Canadian team, and, you know, I, I know we're kind of getting away from the blues here, but people need to know about other things. Yep. And they have a situation brewing with William Nylander. And yeah. the reason I tie him in is because the rumor mill has William Nylander possibly for Colton Pareko, mm-hmm. which that's just a rumor, folks. Don't go order in Nylander jerseys. That's what I said on that, right? People were asking why I said, well, the bigger the fucking player, the better the rumor is, my man. Totally. Totally, totally. Um, but it kind of makes sense when you look at it. Yeah. Maybe not from the blue standpoint because I think they have enough forwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, to lose a big six foot five right handed shot skating like that would be a. I mean, that would be incredible for the Maple Leafs to land him. Yeah. But it would be a big hit for the Blues to give him up. Whether he's been fantastic lately or not, he's still just a young kid with a tremendous amount of upside to him. They so, come, what they come out? They said that uh, this is their final offer, though, right? Uh, Least it. Well, that's the thing, right? And for for listeners who maybe don't know, William Nylander is a restricted free agent. The Leafs qualified him. All that means is that they retained his rights, and they haven't been able to come to a contract agreement. And Nylander has been sitting at home, is which he, is his right to do it. Is, um, is he a seven million dollar player? He's not. See, here's the here's where. Nylander runs into trouble is everybody automatically pulls Pasternak out of Boston as his immediate comparable. Mm-hmm. Pasternak makes like 6.7, 6.8, and he is absolutely on fire. Yeah. And he has been since like his first day in the league. Playing on one of the two, there's two good lines in the league. Well, Nylander plays at Matthews. Not too bad. Yeah, for sure. Right? For sure, yeah. So I'm just saying when like. he plays, yeah. So, but it's it's not like he's playing on no, the No, you're line. right. You're right. Um, so last I heard is Nylander wants like $8 million a year for like six, seven years, which is, I'm sorry, it's absurd right now. He's betting on himself, mm-hmm. but Kyle Dubas, who's the GM in Toronto right now, he cannot. Can't do that. I mean, he's got Matthews and Marner that are restricted free agents next year, mm-hmm. which means. You're not getting rid of Matthews. Well, and you're not, Marner, I have him circled here in my he is the little engine that could right yeah. now. Like, how good is he making that roster, and how good is he making John Tavares? Even though Tavares doesn't need help, yeah. he's getting he's like the primary assist on almost every one of Tavares' goals. But what are you going to do though with uh, Matthews and Minor? You, you can't get. You're not getting. Who are you going to keep? You got to keep. Oh, Matthews. now you but now throw in Nylander. Yeah, and I know. So that's what you're. So the, the general manager can't do all that though. Exactly. So then, but here's the thing, right? So now you look at Nylander draws Marner as a comparable. Mm-hmm. His agent has said it. You know, well, these guys are going to be, well, no, they're not. Yep. Nylander's a good player, but Marner is an absolute game breaker. Mm-hmm. And now Marner's going to want like dry sidle money, like $9, $10 million a year. William Nylander is a $6 million player. Yep. But that's what you're going to get. So, you know, you pair echoes to throw the name out there. Well, you can throw it out there because that's what the Leafs need. They need defensemen. So. You know, if you're going to wager something, there's your there's your fucking yeah. But do you think Doug Armstrong's going to play eight I'm, I don't, fucking million? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying here. I'm just trying to for people here. I'm just trying to equivalent. There's your there's the defenseman that fucking Toronto might put him over the the top to get to the Stanley Cup. You know, I agree 100. percent And I think that if they could make that deal, yeah, I think they would. So you just got to look at other teams in the league, teams that 
you know, defenseman that you could get fucking rid of. And and then Carolina's been on the hot. Could they get there? But then if so, you take him out of Toronto though, where probably will end up happening with the kid now. Now, but he becomes the. The, the guy in Boston, he becomes the guy that gets that $8 million because so they build their team around him. So that's just the way that process yeah, but goes. Then Is it worth it? I don't know. But then do you give him $8 million? Knowing that he doesn't have Matthews, he doesn't have Marner, he doesn't have but all these other pieces. If you're trading for him, though, yes, you do give him $8 million because you're, baking, you're uh, baking on it. I'm not saying that you're, that's the right decision, Ribs. I'm just telling you what a guy's yeah. going to do. See, I just look at it, and I think it's a fucking disaster for the yeah. Leafs right now oh, because – he is going to be the first domino yep. that falls here with that trio of Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. Yep. And as and soon as they establish his contract, not it won't affect Matthews because he's a whole other level, but it will establish a starting point for Marner. But you got to you almost you almost had to think Shanny and those guys that are sitting there have to think that this is coming because. Once they yeah, went, but I think they, they were went, arrogant enough to think that he wanted to be a Toronto Maple Leaf so bad yeah. that he'll take the hometown discount. I mean, we heard Shanny talk about that, how guys in Detroit made a sacrifice. Yeah. Listen, That's okay. That's a prayer, though, there. Listen here. But those are guys, like, hold on. Now, Shanny and all them, too, were, they'd been down the road a little, Holly and them. Yeah, they but were, there was no cap. Still, yeah. But they could have played. But they, I'm saying once they once they signed Tavares, you have to think this is coming because you can't afford all that shit. You can't no do way. it. And then what do you want to bring on an elite defenseman? Yeah, five, six, seven million dollars a yeah, year. Exactly. Like even if they got Pareko, he's what five or six million? Five million? Because you're going to be a team that's pretty soon like the Shanny and them are in. They're in a zone right now where they're going to make a run for this for about four or five years, and then things are going to be like you watch in Chicago where you make your run and win your three Stanley Cups. Shit starts to fall apart because people want money eventually. Well, you, yeah, you look at the L.A. Kings. Yes. Put two happens. cups together. You look at the Chicago Blackhawks. You have to reward the players to yep. get you to the promised land. Yep. But then, unfortunately, when you reward them, you're literally handcuffing yourself because you know you're going to overpay or overterm them. For sure. And then you're stuck like the Blackhawks are. Exactly. So, I don't know. I think it's an interesting situation is brewing because by December 1st, they have to have something in place or... He's not allowed to play yeah. for the rest of the season. He has to sit at home for the rest of the year, which whether it's four, five, six, seven, eight million dollars, guess what he's getting? Zero. Mm-hmm. But then, so then, okay, then tie it to St. Louis then, Ribs. So you're sitting there, Armstrong, you made the coaching, you fired the coach. We don't know the, what, the, the tag that Baruby's got, so we don't know what's going on in the background, if he's the long term or if he's the short term. Um, do you want to go out there? Do you, do you know, do, uh, you got three games coming up against top teams in the league, so you know what you're pecking point is you know how good are you going to be against these teams if you shit the bed for three teams is army sort of now said because the fans are really going to get going in are you sort of forced into making a, a craziness nah, like getting rid of a good defenseman for that no nah, i don't think so because i think what we found out so far this year is as much as we wanted to talk about the depth on d they don't have much yeah they don't because once you get an injury or two like who's in the minors right now they, everybody talks about wallman okay yeah one he's not ready mm-hmm. two there's nobody else who else? I mean, we can really kind of reach on some of them, but then what, right? So Correct. now if you get an injury or two, no matter how good Nylander's playing, if you can't defend, which for a while was our problem, we were giving up a lot of opportunities, now what, right? Yeah. So good defensemen don't grow on trees. Six-foot-five defensemen who skate like the wind and a right-handed shot who shoot the puck over 100 miles an hour, they certainly don't grow and on trees. He needs, to, he needs to pick his game up. No disputing that, yeah. but they don't grow on trees. No, I know. So, anyways, to wrap it up, we got the Blues with a big week. We got the Predators twice. We got the Winnipeg Jets. We have Thanksgiving thrown in there, which uh probably be a nice little day off for the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I guess we'll see. Hey, Kimby, we'll see what happens here. I mean, I know that I'm going to go home here, and or at least when we leave here, I'm going to watch the press conference, see what Doug Armstrong had to say, see what Chief Berube had to say, mm-hmm. see what players have to say. Tomorrow night, I believe, they're back on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, they got three in uh, three, uh, what, five days. Are they here or in Nashville? I think they're here. They're here for they? the first, aren't they? Then they go there and then they come back to Winnipeg, don't they? Correct. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the building is uh, for their game against Nashville. A lot can happen here. Yeah. So I guess we'll see um, the next time we come on here. Won't be Thursday because Thursday's uh, Thanksgiving, so we'll figure it out with uh, Brian here in studio because Cromer's a healthy scratch for next Jesus game. If he can't terrible. come in the biggest game of the year for us here, then yeah. uh, he can't play. We're going to have to suspend him Applications. Bring him in if you want him, folks. Applications. Yeah, at Jay Cromer for as he's sitting at home right now. <laughs> Blow Based, him up. Basting his turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blow him up as he's playing with his little turkey neck there. <laughs> Um, Chapstick turkey. All right. For myself, Darren Kimball and uh, Innovative Companies and Nelson Landscaping and Nelson Land Services, Synergy Hockey, and all of our friends here at the uh, Blues Podcast, uh, Turkey Day on Thursday. Make sure you go out and grab some Adam's Smokehouse maybe before that. It can be beer. And a Kimby beer. You yeah. know what? Hang on. Pause, folks. We're not leaving yet. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> One more song. <laughs> right? Okay. So now, fuck this. We're going. Now we're going. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about the Kimby beer. Please, 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 uh. somebody, after you hear this, go out and buy the beer. Okay. The penalty box. The penalty box. We want to help our boy Kimby here. We want to buy up all his beer. And we want to drink it as much as possible, but I want to know how what you think of it. I I, I thought it was uh, when we got it at home. Uh, Did you drink yourself, Darren? No, I haven't drank it yet. I, it, it's sitting there. I, that, is that kind of weird? Yeah, I'm gonna drink myself. It's you know what though, it's sort of it's a small bottle too, so maybe my head isn't oh. that big. Maybe my head isn't that big. Are they trying to say something with a small <laughs> bottle? <laughs> for, Cam, for Cam, they were yes. Cam and Chaser was yes, the room small. cold. <laughs> but no, I, I tell you what, when you see that on there. Uh, it was it was pretty neat to do because you know the guy did this and uh, thank him for it because it's just something you you see your name on a beer bottle which you've drank many of them in your damn lifetime and, <laughs> and now you're sitting there looking at that but it was just and Cam and Chaser are on there so it's 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 a neat idea um but I uh, I saw it and you know you, when your daughter looks at it and she thought it was pretty cool too and so that you know that's it's something that you pass down. So now, how old your daughter? She's a seventeen. Seventeen, and Lawson's fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. So, so now, are you going to give him a little swig of the Kimby beer? <laughs> no, you're not. Too, you're too crazy. You're you a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> I think I think his mum will drink it all. What the hell? Oh, Missy probably she'll dive in there, right? <laughs> yeah, she will. She'll be like, "This is the only Kimball I'm touching these days." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Tell me that goes on in yours. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're not alone, buddy. You are not alone. No, it's been great, though. So Cam and I talked to Cam on the phone the other day, and we were talking about it, and he's all Oh, my God. Well, I'd like to eavesdrop on that conversation. Yeah. Oh, I know. Isn't that terrible? Oh, my. It'd be like watching the beginning of Encino, oh, man. I'm watching him. I'm trying to, to, to communicate with him. He's drawn with crayons, and he's eating the damn things. I'm going, what, what do you want here, Cam? Jesus. His teeth are all blue from eating the crayons. <laughs> Poor bugger. So, no, it's, and he, you know he's tickled pink too. So it's uh, we're we're just trying to 
do what we can here. And there only, I think there was 2,500 cases they were doing of it, but it was it's, it's pretty neat, pretty neat. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's an awesome idea. I think that it's great for you guys. I think it's great for people who love hockey and and want to drink some beers because obviously we know that hockey and beers and having yes. fun go hand in hand. Yes, they do. So get out there and pick up your penalty box uh, case of beer. Get Kimbled. Kimbled. I like that. All right. Walk around <laughs> banging into things and get Kimbled. Uh, and let us know what you think of the beer. And, uh, you know, please buy as much as you can. Certainly the holiday season, it's a great time. And then uh, it's always good to have beer with Adam's Smokehouse. Yes. I started on that road earlier. Yes. That barbecue sauce, a little hot, a little spicy, throw a little Kimble in there. All of a sudden, you've got a big, big disaster. Kimble and Cam, you got a mess. Kimble, Cam, <laughs> Adam's Smokehouse, you have a big, delicious mess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for us here at the uh, Lineup Media and for the STL Blues Podcast Show, Darren Kimble and myself, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully, we're back here next show with a couple of wins or certainly something positive to talk about. And uh, go from there. So go Blues. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.